this to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Toss to White. All right, welcome back to the 28 to 3 podcast. We're coming at you immediately post game of the Saints win to go 2 and 0, taking down the Carolina Panthers 20 to 17 on the road in Charlotte on Monday Night Football. So, we're going to get into this game review here. Uh, we're going to go through our predictions that we had last week, and then we're going to kind of get into the game in general, what we liked, what we didn't like, some takeaways. Uh, so, first, let's review what we thought about uh, what we had for predictions last week. Okay, we all predicted a win, so we uh, we got that one down. Do we know there? Yep. Uh, Nick and I were one hundred percent spot on on one thing: the Carolina Panthers score. <laughs> I had 28, uh, 20 to 17 Saints win. Nick had 27 17 Saints win. Max, you had 24 12, which actually, man, about what? But two minutes left in the game, we thought that was probably yeah, a two lot, minutes left in the game. A lot I'm closer to what it was going to be. Price is right rules. <laughs> I'm yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so then we go through it. Uh, we, we tried to do a game MVP. Uh, we each picked uh, defensive guys. Uh, we uh let's see max you went with alante taylor as your mvp Played i went with really P, well. P warner matt nick you went with demario uh so let's start there who do we think was the mvp of the game well let's say this who got closest out of those three predictions uh honestly it's, it's close warner not close but it's either uh alante or demario it's pretty pretty damn close to mvp if it's the first half and alante makes that interception I would, he would have my vote for the overall game MVP. As it stands, DeMario's got a really good case for it, but Granderson had the more clutch plays in crunch yeah. time. I would say Granderson play. edges, hey, edges One out. One play, don't say plays. He edges him out, in my opinion. He had the big, huge play, the sack fumble, for sure the biggest play from the defense all game. Um, Alante had the opportunity to make that pick. You get it knocked out by Thielen. Granderson had one other tackle. Um, DeMario, seven tackles with the sack and a tackle for loss. Marcus May, other than getting juked out of his pants by Bryce Young, seven <laughs> tackles, and he had a sack as well. But wait, was he third on the team in tackles? He was first this week, tied with oh. Pete Werner, who hey. played well. Hey. Max, I think, down downgraded Werner a little bit too much. He played a great first half, and he was flying around. Yeah, I thought my MVP, the whole defense was incredible. I thought yeah, my MVP yeah. pick was looking pretty good for Warner in the first half. I mean, he was everywhere on the field, like to the point of, you know, it's fun. Uh, you know, we'll make a point of this, but like you had Fowler and Riddick in the booth tonight on the national broadcast because you had for some reason ESPN thought it'd be better to have the whole world fixated on Browns Pittsburgh for the uh, you know the main primetime broadcast. But I like watching with Fowler, or you watch Herb Street on. Uh, Amazon because they they know the college guys so well you know and and Fowler made it a point of Warner saying like you know coming out of Ohio State not really uh, thought to be that big of a prospect but the Saints really developed and he was talking all about Warner in the first half I mean he was a second round pick so that was a little overblown but yeah agreed he's he's you know both y'all know my opinion on him it's probably higher than anyone else's but he played a he was really coming up 
hitting the running backs constantly in the first half when they were trying yeah. to check down the Sanders. Played a great first half. Alante, to max credit, first half was all over the place. Second half, not as big a presence. DeMario all game. Um, Lattimore, I, I don't think he gave up a catch. Maybe he gave up one in the first drive. Outstanding. This defense is just different when Lattimore's in there playing like himself. Agreed. This was a dominant performance. The eight points at the end of the game, take it for whatever you want. They gave up nine points through 58 minutes and were dominant. <laughs> this was this was yeah. absolute dominance by the defense, period. Yeah. I mean, until the last two minutes. Yeah, right. but still, still dominance overall. Overall, yeah. I mean, but gosh, man. So, well, before we get into that, I mean, yeah, I think our it, it was hard. We said it was going to be hard before the game to pick who the MVP was going to be. And I think it's even harder after the game because this was one of those, you know, Dennis, in my opinion, like Dennis Allen team defense wins where, you know, it wasn't one guy completely taking over the game. You had, a, I think, Alante is one of those guys who maybe showed up end to end better. I mean, look, in reality, the guy who showed up end to end the best in the game is the guy you didn't hear his name called a whole lot because he was just doing his job. And that was Marshawn Lattimore. Because, I mean, you couldn't throw to him if you tried, especially. I mean, Bryce Young. He had still hard, came up and popped. Bryce Young tackles. had a hard time hitting air tonight, but I mean, he, even if he wanted to target whoever Marshawn was guarding, that shit wasn't working. And I feel like you know we talked about it last week, where if you're watching the game and you're neutral, you just see that the Saints looked better than who they were playing, even though the score once again doesn't end up that way. We looked like the better team the whole game again. It just yeah. little things that we – I mean, the offensive line was equally as bad in the first half as it was last week. We didn't clean up anything. So <laughs> we, do we have to fix that? 100%. But this was pretty dominant from just watching a game if you were a neutral person. Um, we had 100 more total yards. We had you know 60 more passing yards. We had um, 35 more rushing yards. Um 23 first downs to 14. Third down, we were 7 for 16, which if you watched that game, you would never believe we were almost 50% on third down. It didn't look like that, but we were. Yeah. Remember, there was a point during the game where they flashed that stat, and we were all feeling kind of like, is that point in the game where we hadn't, I don't think we had scored the uh, the first touchdown yet. Just feeling like Max was having a, a heart attack or kidney stone. I couldn't tell what it was every time Tony Jones touched the ball. <laughs> God, God. We're, we're laughing because it's like every time Tony Jones, every time they hand off to Tony Jones, Max is like, "Oh God!" And it's like, dude, there's no one else, to, no one else to hand it to. To be fair, that's a bad situation for us if we're being fair. Tony yeah. Jones should not be our primary. Hey, look, here's the deal: we saw it in the fourth quarter. Taysom Hill, they put him in the backfield. They gave him the long handoff, to, you know, where he could build up some speed and hit the hole. And he produced. Nick said it best. He's like, dude, that last play when he was running yeah. out the clock and he slid, if he pushes it, there's a good chance he breaks that tackle and has 100 yards rushing for the game. Yeah. Taysom was a fucking animal no, he's in the due, fourth quarter. He's due to pop one when he, when he comes in. I guess the, the challenge with Taysom is that, you know, because he's not a full-time running back and when you do put him in there, the defense is just keying in on him so heavily that – Yeah, but it doesn't matter when they key in on him. I think we – you know, a big Saints fan narrative is we need more Taysom, more Taysom. Taysom can't run the ball 25 times a game. Right. We have to accept that. Ten I times. love, yeah, I love the 10 yeah, times. I love doing it in the second half yes. after we controlled the clock the whole first half. Agreed. As bad as we were on offense, we controlled the clock. We wore down yeah. the defense, we put Taysom in, and he just started hammering people. And look at the final rushing stats. They're respectable. 
in large part yeah. due to what Taysom did in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. So, you know, I like that approach. I thought it got – we've never it. seen him out love of the it. backfield as a running back. Even yeah. with Peyton, we never saw that. He was in every other role imaginable. As a straight-up running back, we did not see that. Where he was actually taking a handoff, not a wild, Correct. Not a wildcat right. situation. Dude, it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. To, to do that, to realize, okay, Jamal's out. Um, you know, I still haven't seen anything on how bad the injury is. Hopefully it's not bad. Um, but to pivot and put him in and take some of those snaps from Tony Jones, that changed the fourth quarter for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it at least changes things up on the defense because – I mean, I say that, okay, you put Taysom Hill in, they know that he's, you know, there's an 80% chance they're going to run it with him out of the backfield. But then again, I mean, if Tony, if Tony Jones is back there and it's a running situation, it's the same difference, you know, and at least you've got more options. But like you said, you can't, you just can't run it as much with Taysom as you can even with a Tony Jones when you when you have to play a Tony Jones. Right, you can't, you can't beat him to death. I, I think keeping him for the second half – you know, this ball control, we were clearly trying to, you know, possess, you know, win the time of possession. We kept running the ball, getting no yardage in the first half, and we were pretty stagnant. It was, it didn't look good, but we stuck with it. And then the second half, we put Taysom in, and all of a sudden, stuff started to open up. We threw him two balls. I think he caught one. He lost yardage on that, if I remember. He threw a pass. He had nine carries. That's like a perfect Taysom game to me. Yeah. yeah. Well distributed. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So, well, let's move on to the offense, what we called. Offense we called, uh, let's see, we had, well, because when we were recording last week, we all picked defensive guys at the overall MVP. So we right, said, but we ended up picking so offensive we ended up players saying, so let's, well. let's pick offensive guys. Max, I'm a missed touchdown away from being spot on. You had Olave, and with Olave, you gave some stat predictions of eight receptions, 135 yards, and one touchdown. So what did you finish with? Six for 86, no touchdowns. Okay, so what happens if he catches that one in the end zone? We're looking right at. Yeah, you're almost spot on. Almost spot on. Uh, I had Juwan, so that was a a miss. And for my fantasy team, way off. (laughs) Two for 13 for Juwan. I had Mike Thomas, first half MVP for sure. He had seven for 55, but he didn't get another catch in the second half. Yeah, you called nine for 95, so you're close on the receptions. I mean, look. Nick and I were both close on offense and defense, if we're being honest. I think we all lose this. I think you've got to call Taysom the offensive MVP, in my point. That's what changed the game. That's where our two big drives came. Well, were. the momentum changer was Olave. The Olave's catch was the biggest play well, on offense. For sure. Great. Look, good Corey, pass. Corey nailed that. That was the momentum changer good, of the game. Good pass from Carr, but Olave did everything to come down with that ball. We were, yeah. we were giving him shit watching the game. It was a perfect pass by Carr. He was interfered I, I, with making him make That's fine, but the catch, catch was insane. It yeah. was. Yeah. Give credit where But it was a perfect pass. Right. It just if he wasn't interfered, he would have caught it in stride. Because we're Saints fans. We see the perfect pass. Why would two have weeks in a row we I called all Yeah, the time. but I'm gonna call out the perfect catch because that was insane. Right. And there was interference and he last week he did not do it. But let's this talk, week he did it. Let's talk about this real quick. Why two weeks in a row does he get interfered with and not get the call? That those were both clear pass interference by the rules. Both yeah. of them. Yeah. NFL, they raked Saints, across his Saints. arms yeah, before well. the ball got there. Both times he got his arms through the contact and got to the ball. One he caught, one he didn't. But those are both PIs. It's Why a, is he not a, getting the call? Is it because as old as time? The NFL it, versus like, the Saints. But no, let's forget that. Like this is why is you it think not it's getting play, 
Do you think it's something? Are you? In, is it the type of player he? I just want to say, are you? Are you insinuating I, it's because of the way he plays? No, man. Because if you look at the, his slight fl- his slight frame, you would think he would get these calls. It's just like the, it's the players like Shaq in the NBA who never get the calls. The hack of Shaq, he never got the calls. So you would think if it's a big muscular guy like Michael Maybe, Thomas, like, he's not going to get the call. You would think Olave, who's bouncing off of these people. I don't know what it is, but it's not. Fa- Adebo gets called for a, for a penalty that cost us a sack fumble. That was horrible. And yeah. that contact was no different than what happened to Olave, if less, if who, not less. Who was the guy guarding? Uh, was it Mingo going down the field who clearly pushed off? I mean, he was wearing the bright blue armband, and you could see his arm extending, and they called DPI on us on uh, somewhere in the third quarter. I can't remember. Uh, the the only one exactly. who got any of those calls was Adebo, so it had to be Adebo. Yeah. I think he had three of them. Yeah. Um, one of them justified. The hold, if you want to really get into like the nitpicky part of the rules, it's a penalty. But how is Alave not given that call twice Yeah, on a, on a ball that is perfectly thrown? He's right there to catch the ball, is interfered with, and we get neither of those calls yeah. I now, mean, luckily, this time he caught it on a miraculous catch. Unbelievable catch. Best offensive play of the game. No question about it. Best offensive player of his career. Yeah. If we're being honest. Easily. But Easily. look, it's, it's the NFL officiating. We know it's bad. It's a tale as old as time. It happens every week. It's par for the course. Whatever cliche you want to throw out there, it happens every fucking week. Yeah. So I would say, you know, we were some of us were closer than others on our predictions, but... At least the main thing we predicted was wins, and we got the win. Well, you know what? Let me throw this out there. So, big, big shout out. We only had three penalties this week. That's huge. Three penalties, 32 yards. Adebo had two of them. <laughs> but. No pre snaps then. But look, overall, three penalties, 32 yards. Huge change from the preseason where yeah. we were awful. It was concerning. With uh, it was penalties. So, highly concerning. Also, Even last week we, we talked about the wide receivers <clears throat> and how. You know, Everyone heavy, stepped up again. Yeah, how yeah. heavy the distribution was to our receivers because that's where all three of us believe our advantage is, um, is at the skill positions. They had, what, 17 catches for 200-plus yards again? Yeah. You know, and they, they, they were approaching – they were over 250 last week, I believe. So it's clear that's where our offense is going through. Um this week, we would have liked to see a little more efficiency. Shahid's been the most efficient. He caught yeah. all four of his targets this week. Alave, only six of 11. Not great, but he Mike rough, Thomas, seven of nine. Alave had a rough first half, I think. Yeah. He did, but his second yeah, half but, made up for it. Yeah, I mean, the second, that's what I mean, like that discrepancy between the receptions but, and I targets. I think Max hit it on the head. You'd like to see him score that touchdown. He, yeah. He, yeah. He's so fluid and so skilled. You'd like to see him keep that foot in bounds and score that touchdown. Uh, he had a chance to score a touchdown on a very tough catch in the first half. That you know, that's a really difficult play. Yeah, you can't really knock him, but you know, he'd probably like to make that play every once in a while. Yeah, um, I think he could have. His first half wasn't great. His second half was spectacular. And look to next point, Shahid, four targets, four catches. Yeah, sixty-three yards, forty-five yarder, clutch. He's like, looking more and more four minutes or left just to go the game. Point blank is a, a quote wide receiver than people want to give him credit for. I no, mean, even a, I, I mean that's well. That's, you heard people who's disputing that right now. No, I mean there's people I think there's, on Twitter, Saints media, or national media 
He had 500 yards last year in limited playing time with no training camp. But yet again, okay. Because I last, think people want him to be a star. He, week one, he was on the practice squad last year, okay? Right. And then became a receiver. Well, no, he was basically as, coming off of IR because he, was he a stash. came off a tour in ACL. Right, but I mean, he was a stash last year, but the thing is... But but let's let's not understate how much of a stash he was. This kid went through no mini camps, right. no training camp, because he was coming off a torn ACL. Right. So literally was just yeah. on the team due to what he did in college. So all I'm saying is that people wanted to put him in that UDFA, never played wide out, he's signed as a return specialist box, rather than giving him credit as a wide receiver. So I'm, I'm not... But he played wide receiver in college, Max, though. I'm not siding with those people. I'm agreeing with you. Well, no, but I'm, he, I'm, he I'm disagreeing that people said that because he yeah. played wide receiver to great effect in I college. Think, he I had think we got a, last year. We got to like set a parameter here. Is he an elite NFL receiver? No, no, no. he's not. No one's he has that. a lot of work to do to become that. Is he an incredible problem for every team we face as a third Absolutely. receiver? Yeah, maybe the most dangerous third receiver in the league right the now. The bottom line with he's scary. The bottom line with Shahid, and this is the place we're at, is that. The people who are still thinking of him as a converted return specialist. To those people, I, I say, don't think there's that, that many ship, people out Max. there, man. Coming into people, the league, that's true. We we wanted him as a return guy when we. Well, but that's his. That was his ticket to the league. But the right. reality is, he played wide receiver for four years in college, and he was an effective. I understand. Wide receiver. And and last year in the second half of the season, but he you also proved said he's he was one of those D three colleges. So. Yeah. To whatever effect an effective wide receiver is. Yeah, but so is Marcus Colston. In a D3. To not, admit is, like, he he is, wide to not admit he's massively overachieved what his expectations were, that's not fair. He, he absolutely has, but I don't think anyone questioned. It's not like he was a converted running back to wide receiver. Like this kid played wide receiver his whole fucking but life. But you know what? We are, we're always finding that freak fast guy that we go undrafted or seventh round year after year. Some of them have worked really well. Tommy Lee Lewis Agreed, did not. but we're <laughs> discounting what he did in college if we're saying this guy was like... It's like it's not, he wasn't a project at receiver. Well, he's just, it's not like Jawan Johnson going from college wide receiver to NFL tight end. Like This was college wide receiver going to NFL wide receiver. Yeah, but that's a big speed. jump. That's a big it's jump a huge from where he jump, came from. But at the same point, he has all the tools in the toolbox. The point is, when he got on the team, people thought return specialist, and that's the box they put him in. The ship has sailed on that. He is a wide receiver. He is our number three solid wide receiver. That is who he is. So, And I'm telling you, I'm not saying I agree with him, but there are people who just still don't see him for whatever reason as a true wide He's a true right. wide out now. Look, you, that's fine, and we'll leave it at that. I don't agree with you that there's that this big group of people who don't see him as that. Like, people I feel like love the, him. It, we he love him as Saints fans. No. Yeah, as Saints fans. I, I think a lot of people around the league love him. I, yeah. I think I think maybe it's gone too far the other direction. I would agree with that. Where it might be too far in the Right. Yeah. This is not an elite guy yet. He if he wants to be a one or a two, yeah. he has work to do. In his role now, he is scary as hell. Yeah. Like any it, any defensive coordinator. We're all saying the same us? thing, just in a different way. Yeah. It's eh, he's, but we're not though. He's he's arguing, and I agree with him on this, that it's Probably too far in the opposite direction where people are overstating what he's going to do or what he has already done. No one has questioned it since he set foot on a field last year. Yeah, well, Let me ask you this question. We, we all agree he's not an elite wide receiver. Is he an elite threat? We don't have an elite wide receiver at this point. I think we do. I think I mean, we have two of them. Uh, it, like No, no, elite. And when I say elite, I mean like top five. No, but let me get to the top question. Top five, no. We don't have a top five receiver. We have two top 15 type receivers. Agree. So my, Agree. Quest, my question is, and listen to the words here. Is he an elite threat? An elite threat, yes. He is an elite threat. 
Because he has a 50-yard yeah. rush to his name. He has multiple 40-plus-yard touchdowns to his name. When you can put that guy on a third corner, yeah. he's in the it's league trouble for anybody. Yeah. There is yeah. no so, no third corner in the league who can deal with that. And then yeah. if he's so taking the saying. second corner, yeah. he can outrun any of them. Yeah. And then you've got MT or Olave in the slot working yeah. on, a, on a slot corner. You can Corey, Corey, to answer your question, he is absolutely an elite threat. And to back up what Nick said, we do have two top 10 to 12 wide receivers, but we do not have an elite wide receiver counting any of the three. Yeah. Looking and, at what Mike did. And that's did, fine. There's nothing wrong with Let's that. talk about what Mike did in the first half. Mike, nothing spectacular. Those catches were all very difficult catches. Yeah. He got hit every time. There just aren't many guys who catch seven of those nine targets. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say this, though. The, the three wide receivers as a whole, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, in whatever order you want to put them in, and that's subjective, and we're not going to litigate that right now. But the three of them complement each other more, I guess, it's the most perfect complementary group of anything I can think of, you know, in the NFL right now currently. Because you got Michael Thomas, who's the big-bodied guy who's going to make all the physical tough catches. You got Olave, who is a super crisp you know, perfectionist when it comes to route running. Yeah. Probably not going to make a contested catch 40 yards on the field. Complimentary is awesome. And then yeah. you get Rashid Shaheed, who is running like a fucking scalded dog yeah. Yeah. down the field, and is going to burn just about anybody. You put the three of them together, you have a perfect wide receiver yeah. core. Yeah. And what I want to see, you know, we talked about this. Max was very frustrated during the game with the offense, rightfully <laughs> so. It was. It didn't look great in the first half. We couldn't finish drives. We were, you know, it was Carr terrible. throws the terrible pick again. He's got one in each game. That's the one thing. If that pick doesn't happen, I think Carr played great. The The pressure was crazy again. The offensive line was terrible, in my opinion, overall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he hung in there. If you take that one throw away, it's a great game. Instead, you're like, man, why did he do that two games in a row right before halftime? Basically giving points... Defense saved us this week, but basically yeah. giving points to the other team. I just want to see Kamara, Jawan, Alave, Shahid, yeah. Thomas on the field at the same time and dare someone to stop that. I just want to see the assuming gang. Assuming we can block. I just want to see the gang front. together. Yeah, and if it, we can block at all, that is a frightening well, skill the, grouping. The biggest problem and alternate. I mean, the biggest question mark on the team is still the offensive line. And we it's touched on this in true. the preseason. In every preseason pod we had, you know, this was the the ultimate. This is the the turning point. Whichever way it goes, it's the offensive line. Especially if they underachieve, we're fucked. And let's if let's they give excel. A, we're good to go. Yeah, and they, and in the second half, been they, whatever adjustment we made, yeah. and I'll give the coaches credit. Both second halves, we were a much better team. Both games, and we always talk about adjustments at halftime, all that. Whatever happened, both games we played far better on offense in the second half than we did in the first half. We need to do that for a whole game when we yeah. go against. The and the thing team. is, like, we can't sit here and just bag on penning because this was not penning this game. You yeah, know, we watched in back to back plays. There was that one series, or I think it was uh, Hurst and Penning both gave up the well that the big the, rush on the left side, and then we watched Ruiz give up a big rush on the right up. side. Yeah, Ruiz up. got blown up one on one. But I saw something in this game that seems to be, you know, kind of a trend. Or, I mean, I don't know if you say it's a real trend after two games, but it was like the Panthers, they did a good job of watching the film against the Titans because 
when people there were a few plays where people said okay we said it was penning against the titans but if you look more closely at this play the titans actually schemed us up really well ran a really well-timed stunt that had hurst kind of shade more to the inside penning thought he was supposed to shade on Hurst's shoulder and then boom someone comes around the outside it was a stunt play where one defensive line goes towards the center the other one wraps around on the outside and they ran and, that all night tonight too. and they ran that all night tonight especially in the first half and so that tells me that okay teams have we have shown bad tape to other teams and it's like the worst thing you can do sometimes when you see teams come out of nowhere and they're blitzkrieging the uh the whole league at like 10 and 0 and you're just like this team is coming out of nowhere and then one team figures out how to stop them that team has given bad tape to the rest of the league and it's like we did that in week one with our offensive line not to say that we had a whole better option but the stunts the titans ran we would go up against a great defensive front a creative defensive front in week one. And they stunted us to death, and it worked. The Panthers did the same thing tonight, at least in the first half. And this is a good defensive front. So that, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. This is not like this was a bad defense. Right. This team is loaded with yeah. young talent. Like, Brian Burns is fucking fantastic. Yeah, you got to have athletic Derek def- Brown is a good defensive tackle. Right, because you can't run those yeah. stunts. If Justin you don't, Houston if you, is probably a Hall of Justin Famer. Justin Houston, yeah. yeah, yeah if, got if you talent. don't have the athletic Shaq Thompson before he fronts. goes out with the injury. And let's look. So we want to talk about Penning. Houston had the one sack. They gave him only credit for half. They yeah. gave um, uh, Penning was better Matos this week. Sack. He was much better. Yeah. Houston only had two tackles the whole game. One of them That's being great. the sack. So he was better, yeah. and we did not help him every play. But the rest of the line kind of failed us a little bit. Yeah. That's what's concerning. You know, yeah. seeing Ruiz get beat again, like old school Ruiz, not last year Ruiz. Um, they seem to be getting more done coming straight up. Yeah, in the, the middle. Yeah. yeah, so they, you know, Houston would get really wide. You could see that. So would Burns. They would get really wide and force Carr to step up, but he'd step on straight in the pressure because yeah. our interior line wasn't holding up today. It was like there was a couple times Carr thought he could step up, but he really and he couldn't. couldn't. Right, yeah. and, and I mean he couldn't even plant his back foot to throw yeah. before he had to step up. There was no time. Yeah, and to back up your point though, Penning was much better this week. And this is not to say he was good or great, but he was much better. <laughs> it was also the against a much better player. The rest of the offensive line was worse this week. Yeah. Ramchak is the only one who I think through two weeks has been pretty much flawless, hasn't had any issues. Yeah. But Ruiz tonight, McCoy last week had a tough rough, couple of rough, rough moments. Hurst tonight and last week. Penning had a couple. So everyone else has been bad at some point this year other than Ramchak. Well, Ramchak's been yeah, he's been They've got to figure something out because, you know, Underhill put out something that we talked about where it's like, can you make a conclusion about one guy for week one? No. And that's talking about penning. But with the whole, now I've transposed it to the whole offensive line in general, where, I mean, Carr is what you need to make noise if we want to see the Saints team make noise in the playoffs. And we're risking it by letting him get hit as much as we're letting him get hit. It's a lot. It's not just like, oh, he's a tough guy back there. He can make the throws. No, we are putting our number one asset in severe jeopardy the way we're playing right now. It's, it's also got to be figured out. What you said about the stunts, where a lot of this is communication. It's not necessarily they're not capable. This yeah. is a this is a line working together that's not working right now. Well, that's what we said at the beginning of the year. We all were talking about like the, the difference in talent or maybe lack thereof between the Super Bowl offensive line and this one. Sure, maybe talent one through five isn't that much different. Are we sure but, Pete doesn't make this line better? But they're, uh, Are we sure about that? No, we're not sure. We can't be sure about anything I, on this no, offensive line. No, look, you know, Nick and I had this conversation offline earlier. It's like, Andrews Pete, I mean, honestly, 
he's one of our five best offensive linemen, and he probably should be on the field at this point. You know, yeah. we all bag on the contract, and rightfully so, but the reality is Andrews Pete is an animal in the uh, in the run game and the screen game. Yeah. And I mean, put it honestly, this way, he, should be, he should be playing right now. Through two games, the way we've seen them play, the only thing we can be sure about on this offensive line is Ryan Ramchek. Everything else... Who the hell knows? That's, that's a good point. Ryan Ranchek right now is the constant that we can all like, agree on. You want to try Pete instead of Hurst? Go for it. Yeah. You know, like, it's who the hell knows right now. But anyway, all right. So I think that pretty much covered the what we didn't like <laughs> component of We won, we, by the way. You know, so, I mean, okay, let's just go all three of us through our big takeaways. Yeah, I mean, let out. me start it off. Um, man, I'll say one thing. Like, Taysom Hill, you know, God, we've talked about this so much. And I think the only thing that has knocked him down, and I guess my perception of him as a, a Saints legend at this point, is the fact that they tried to force him down our throat as a quarterback. <laughs> but if Taysom Hill had never, I guess, been in contention for a starting quarterback job on his team, he's probably one of my top three favorite Saints ever. Yeah. Because he's a fucking animal. And he can do anything. I mean, when you see a guy who's blocked punch before, you know, he's returned kicks, he's run the ball, he's caught the ball, he's thrown the ball. Yeah. Like, Taysom Hill is, a, I mean, he's a fucking Saints legend. Yeah. And I just hate that they tried to shoehorn him in as a starting quarterback at, you know, that, that one point in time. That because was without Peyton. that, that was Peyton. So uh, for, it was, but no one else point. thought he was a quarterback. But for, the thing is, without yeah. that, he's probably one of our favorite Saints ever. Yeah. Hey, Nick, so for anyone listening that paid attention to the Twitters uh, last week, We've had uh, Ross Tucker as a uh, guest on this whole time, and now we're going to have Max chime in <laughs> about Taysom Hill. That was a very poor joke. One of the best. You want a second shot at that? Or? That's hilarious. It was very funny. My yeah. thing, you know but what? He, I, what he, you know what? what, what I'd love to see. But he said he was like the great, one of the greatest football players of all ever, time. Ever of all time, he did say yeah. that. Yeah, that's a bit much. So my thing <laughs> next week, you know what I'd love to see if Jamal's out? Let's start Taysom at running back. Let's get him know, 17 carries next week, and then we rest him in week four when Kamara comes back. Let's just well, roll him out there as starting running back. Here's the only problem with that. Does what? that risk? I don't care. For the what season? risk? For the season, if you give him more than he can handle. What does it matter? They didn't fucking use him one after game, week four last one year. Game. No, do, do, you, do you risk injuring him for the season if you give one him? Well, my point is they didn't use him after week four last year. He had 200-plus yards and like eight a carry, and they stopped using him. So but did we benefit from not using him? I don't want to do this for three or four games. I want to do this one game. Yeah. Get us to game four when Kamara comes back. Let's go into Green okay. Bay. Let's taste him. You're our start running back. Yeah. We're going to give Tony 10 carries, and you're going to get 15 carries, and we're going to just right. rock it so out. So you're saying Let's, you think it can handle us? For a game? For yes. A game. For a season? Okay. No. We can't do that every game. Okay. One not every game. game this yeah. game. For one game. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. And here's my other takeaway. Carl Granderson? Yeah. Big boy. Dude, he has been Decree. lights out. He was in incredible the in the first weeks. half. Second and half. It, look, the funniest thing is, like, I think we uh, we signed him for two years. What a year ago? Two two years ago. So his contract is up at the end of the season. Yeah. The shot of signing him for a, a team friendly deal. I, yeah, I hate to throw no, out that term, team friendly keeps, deal. But he's playing like this. Yeah. You got to pay for him at this point. Yeah. Like he is on track to be the next Trey Henderson, meaning he is on track to go to another Henderson? team. You just and Nick put up that. eleven or twelve sacks. <laughs> I mean, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's it's, it's funny <clears throat> because you've got the guy who, you, and it's a guy we got as an undrafted free agent com- compared to. A Peyton Turner, who is supposed to be the guy, right? Was supposed to be the guy getting paid. Granderson's basically the guy Peyton Turner and Davenport were supposed to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, he, he's on track to be that this year, supplanted. and we're about to lose him like we did Trey Henderson. Well, it took him four I mean, years to... But, I, mean, I mean, he's an undrafted free agent. I, no, that's and great. Look, I know. He's gone. He did the, the Henderson... We drafted Peyton Turner and Davenport to be good right away. Granderson, this is what we were looking at. Develop him, make him better, make him an impactful player. Great, you know, great play. The best yeah. play of the, on defense in the half. Yeah. Um, he did kind of... I feel like Cam kind of took over on the defensive line in the second half with the pressures, well, Demario. Yeah. But it, look, but he, was, he was a clear that was second. a huge play. Raverson's pressure was consistent. The swim move he had for the sack, the strip uh, part of that was the best. Yeah, for him to take that ball and not just accept getting that sack when he knew he he got there the ball. There was a play where Granderson made the left tackle look like, oh yeah, just air. I mean, just did a swim move like he was in his, you know. I guess what I'm saying is, do not get used to seeing Granderson in the Saints uniform <laughs> because I don't think he's we're going to be able to afford it. Unless we show. change our philosophy about who we resign as free agents, but uh, yeah, maybe I think, not. You I know, think, he's uh, he's what two sacks on the season because he only got credit one and a half, one and a half on the season. If yeah. he keeps, up I thought this, he had one and a half last game. No, if mm-hmm. he keeps up this clip, if he's, he's yeah, be, I mean, if he keeps this up, he's at twelve sacks. Yeah, he's pacing 12. for a lot. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I think my biggest takeaway was. Kind of what you said earlier, Nick. It's like we close this game out. You know, this was yeah. not what we saw last year. Last year, it was just we we're holding our breath at the end of the games. I'm not gonna lie, I mean, it was absolutely holding my breath when we went prevent defense and they scored a touchdown. And don't to, underestimate to make it interesting. But but I think but look, it's like you said, we got the first down we needed to kneel on the ball at the end. We've done it twice in a two times in a row now. Uh, we're two and zero as a result of it. We put ourselves in position to just close out a game. That's refreshing as hell. 100%. And we all acknowledge that wasn't a great game by Carr, but does Andy Dalton make that throw to Shahid? No. Does, it just it's doesn't. No. The leadership part and the fearlessness part to throw that in that situation. Well, both of them. The both one last games, week and tonight. Right. Yeah. That's the difference in, in why I always said, like, let's not blame the coaches yet. Let's get them players is because this guy didn't have a great game. When mm. the game was on the line – it was a dime. It was a perfect throw. Ended the game essentially. Yeah. You know. Now we see that drive out. We score, and that you know we still had to finish the drive. But that's a that's a top level throw that not a lot of guys in the league make in yeah. that situation. Four minutes left. You're in four minute offense. You're running out the clock. Drops back forty yard bomb to Shahid. Yeah. Perfectly placed. Two now, weeks in a row. I'll say this: You're still wrong about what Carmichael did last year. Okay. <laughs> but. but it's almost like I understand you wanted but, us to go three and thirteen with a bunch of double reverses in right. halfback. But, I, pitch. <laughs> but despite your wrongheadedness, I will say this: um, last year when we were all just confused as hell at the end of the games, why we couldn't come back, why we couldn't hold on a lead, it's like what the hell were we doing? Why didn't we run this play? Why didn't we try to close out? You know, it's because we couldn't. It's, we didn't have the guys. We to didn't do have it. the guys to do it. We didn't we have just the guys did to do it. it. I still think Carmichael could have called better. Please, but we did not have the guys to do it. Well, I, agree, I agree with you on that. We can always say the that. article about Carmichael wanted to be more aggressive this year. I think yeah, it was Underhill. Yeah. We talked like, about he that in one of the earlier He wasn't issues, aggressive but, enough last year, yeah. and this year he's. But also, that team, after talk, giving away those games, was that, yeah. 7 and 10 with injuries everywhere. Yeah. That was not. No one wants to go 7 and 10. We can all acknowledge that. That defense was too good to go 7 and 10. You don't like the, going 7 and 10? The, it, the offense skill was terrible was last bad. year. It was really right, bad. But let's, we don't need to rehash this conversation for the last 20 I'm just 20 saying the episodes. quarterback is the difference so far. That yeah. is the difference. That's, yeah. And he hasn't been good yet. And that, That's what's awesome. Yeah, he my, hasn't been good yet. My takeaway is our ability and our doing it at the end of the game. Do you have Nick, do you have any uh, takeaways from this? 
No, other than I think the offense is just a little off. I'm fully confident within a few games this thing's going to be humming. I I think we're a big problem yeah. on offense. Yeah. Offensive line has to get better. There's yeah, no doubt. They do. But when you watch the way we're finishing these games, this is different. This is a good team that's just sputtering early in the games for some reason. We don't. I don't know why. We're not protecting him in the first half. If we can just protect him a little bit and we get Kamara back. We were talking about the third and two. We were past midfield in the third quarter, I believe, and they rushed six. There's just no option to dump the ball off. If there's a if there's a, a running back in the flat there, it's a 15-20-yard right. game. We just don't have a player that can do that right now. Yeah. In two weeks, we have that. Yeah. Kamara's in there. That's a dump off to Kamara, and good luck. Try and stop right. him from getting that. Right. So... I think it's very, very close, and we can be negative about how they haven't been great, only scoring you know thirty six points in two games. Not great, we all know that. But they move the ball. They have they're averaging what three hundred and seventy five, three hundred eighty yards in the two games. They're moving the ball. They're not finishing drives. I just think if the offense clicks and becomes a 23-24 point scoring, the defense is obviously legit. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those offensive coordinator nerd dreams where like you're running the ball into a brick wall for one yard, and then you do it again. And then maybe you get a first down, maybe you get a third, fourth, and short. But you keep doing it, and then the rushes get a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and next thing you know, you've thrown it as many times as you've, as you've passed. You've thrown it as many times as you've run it, and you end up winning the game in a hard-fought win. And it shakes out. Yeah. You know what, Joe? Let's, let's finish it up with this. And this is one of our favorite followers on Twitter, Evan Sachs. <laughs> you know, our guy always hits home runs. And I love this tweet. He says, yeah, the Saints have kinks to work out on offense. But as someone too young to watch the Dome Patrol, I've waited my whole life for a Saints defense this good. We went up 13-6, to and I thought to myself, that's game. <laughs> What a feeling. <laughs> I will enjoy every one of these ugly slugfests. And this has come full circle well, well to said. where, you know, well Nick said. and I, being the, uh, the older members of this pod, growing up watching only defense yeah. in this city, in this team. And it's, it's come full circle. I, where now yeah. people who have grown up only watching offense under the Sean Payton era, mm-hmm. you know, who have thought to themselves like, man, the Dome Patrol, that sounds fucking awesome. And it's like now they're getting to see what it was like to sit through a 13 to fucking six game pretty much. Yep. Just kind of see but how the one unfolds. difference is the potential we have on offense yeah. that we did yeah. not have with the Bloom Patrol. Yeah. This is this is a different team, I think, potentially. But it's nice to know that you have that feeling when you're about to go up by 11 and you're thinking, we're about to go by 11. The other team has scored nine points through 57 minutes. Yeah, like, and well, there was a point good, where we scored feeling. the second to last touchdown, I think, and he looked over and he goes, all right, that's game. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, fuck, he's probably right. That probably yeah. is game. Yeah. So, but anyway, all right, great win. We're two and zero. Next week we go into Green Bay, Lambeau Field. Got to keep the ball rolling. Keep oh, the train preview, rolling. Preview pod coming up in a few days. Yeah, we're gonna drop it. Uh, eh, whenever we feel like dropping it. Soon so, enough. Uh, all right, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Twenty to Three Podcast. Who dat? What a comeback!